Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, manager of Adriatica Fitness Club in McKinney, Texas. Kenya, how are you doing today? Good. How about you? I am fantastic. We're having a lovely day here in Austin. It's going to be a, a great week. Um, so just sharing your state for a little while, enjoying it. Yes. It's nice it's this good. week. It, it sure is. Um, so let's hop into it. Uh, we talked a little bit off the air, but give us the lowdown Adriatica Fitness Club. You're kind of a unique model uh, where you are. So tell us about it, what type of facility you are, who you're serving, all the good details. Um, so I always tell people we're a big gym on a small scale because we offer everything. Um, like we have personal training, we have classes that are just like pure strength. So I have a hit class and then you have a recovery class, but that strength class is probably what makes us super unique. And so does the recovery class. Um, and then, um, as far as clientele goes, our clientele probably somewhere between like forties to mid seventies, but bulk of it would be late sixties to, um, early seventies, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much that gist, but as far as what makes us cool, I would definitely say our strength classes are, are probably our number one hit in the gym. So that's what makes you guys cool besides you. Yes. Um, and then we're also pretty clean. So that also sets us apart besides like, you know, our regular like 24 or lifetime or whatever. So you walk in there, the flow's pretty good. Everything is right in front of you. You don't have to walk, you know, all the way across the gym to get one thing and bring it back to another station. Um, so people love that as well. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having that next level cleanliness organization, it shows right from the time, you know, you, you look at the website, it was one of the first things I noticed. I'm like, Oh, this place, it just feels that much more high end. Like it doesn't, it doesn't look like the average working place working person couldn't afford it. It just looks like, Hey, this is, this might be a little nicer than the other two or three general places that I looked at. So it, it helps you stand out in the crowd because you know, there's, there's a million places people can get their fitness. So the more things that can differentiate the better. And, and that stood out to me. So it shows that it's, it's one of your core values there. Yeah. One of the cool parts is um, even though it has that higher end feeling personally, now I could be biased, but <laughs> I think no. it's pretty affordable because our lowest rate is like $59. So if that's, if you just wanted to come in, not be bothered, get your, your stuff done and walk out because it's 24 hours as well. So mm -hmm. it's 24 hours. And right now, post pandemic, I mean, I guess we're still in it, I guess, but it's been really, really quiet. So people are always like, man, is this, you know, quiet time? And usually at max, you're probably going to have maybe five people in there, six people in there, but you're so spread out because it's like 6,000 square feet. Yeah. So let's talk about your role in the gym and how you came on board. Um, how you got to be, because you're a trainer and a manager, correct? Correct. So what drew you to the facility? What did you feel like you brought to the table? And how was the experience of, of being in charge, getting the keys to the castle feel? 
So I actually helped open the gym. So I've been there since we've opened because we've been open three years now. Worked as a trainer. Um, this is kind of laughable. So I started personal training there. I used to just kind of do like group, started personal training there, um, built up my clientele. We kind of went through the whole pandemic, right? We survive it as a gym. Um, and I think everyone had this realization, like everyone else has, where they realized either coaching wasn't their deal. So we had people leave. Um, and then, so I'm kind of last man standing and they're like, Hey, we would love for you to be the manager. You understand how the place runs. You're good at your job. Um, and that's not what I was really expecting, um, this early in my career, but I took it anyway, cause it's a good growing opportunity. So, um, I love building relationships with people. I think all trainers kind of do to some degree. So, um, you know, managing staff is something I'm really looking forward to. And then also um, building a community. So now I just do the day in day out operations. So I don't have to do any like accounting or anything like that. I just work about building up the gym truly. So it's kind of fun. Okay, cool. So let's get into the operations and you know, what client life cycle looks like. And, and if there's a specific aspect of that, that you aren't super involved in, we can move on. But I just like to go through in the idea of what it looks like kind of, you know, start to end on, on the client journey. And that, that tells us a lot about the business and gets to uncover some best practices. So we have to start at the beginning without clients, you don't have a business. So what do you guys do to get people in the door to get them interested, to get them to hit your website, whatever it is? Um, honestly, as far as getting people in the door, we're probably big on word of mouth. We used to do a lot of Instagram ads, Facebook ads, and we had a splurge of people then. Um, but also we host kind of like a boot camp style class in the spring and summer, and it's technically free. So not only does that give us exposure because where we are located is in a like village technically, quote unquote. So there's houses around us, there's shops around us. So we have this green area and people walk by it all the time. It's a walking path. So we host this boot camp. It's free. So people try that out. And then they also then come in and um, want to try us out for actually like a trial, which is cool. So that's one really big way. And the other way is that where we're located relative to everybody else, um, because we're dead set in the middle of a suburb, when people Google gyms nearby, we're probably one of the first to pop up, which is kind of neat. Um, and again, just a lot of foot traffic walking by. So that's our biggest thing is even though our location is in the back of the shopping center, we have a lot of foot traffic and that's how people see us. Okay. So good location, a lot of word of mouth referrals. And at some point you had done some Facebook and Instagram ads too. You said there was a lot of people that came from that. Was it too many or is it not the right type of people? Cause you said it like it was in the past. So is there a reason that? So we, yeah, so we slowed down on it because we were having people actually like leave the company. Okay. Um, so it was kind of a bad timing because we had a splurge of people, but we didn't have enough staff. Um, it worked great actually, but like you said, it's not um, always the right type of people because I can't really tell you too many of those guys that we had signed up from there that stayed long-term. Mm -hmm. A lot of our people who have stayed long-term are from word of mouth, like referrals of friends who are like, this, is, this place is perfect. I feel so much better now, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, those have been our people who've stayed the longest, pretty much almost like the two or three years that we've been open. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense as far as falling along the lines. What we hear a lot is it it's really, really hard to get that specific client who is as good as somebody who's a word of mouth or referral, someone who kind of already knows who you are there and like the people that already love being there. It, it takes a lot of refinement and a lot of, unfortunately for a lot of business owners, especially small business, a lot of money and a lot of trial and error to get that dialed in. And then, like you say, then you get to a point where, you know, staffing, even if you don't have people leave, like at a certain point, you can only do so well. And then you put stress on staff and then you have to slow down. And then if you can add staff, you can keep going, but, but there's an ebb and flow and it's nice to be able to control it. But if you're growing at a rate that you like without doing it, then, you know, those customers are quote free acquisition, which is, which is a nice thing. So once people do come in, show interest in the facility, what's your process for signups? Is it a free, free day, free week, a $10 week? Do you, do they sign right up? Like I walk in your door and I say, Hey, I'm interested. I need to work out. Your place looks like the place I want to be. What's that process look like? So we'll say the system that we have in place currently, it's 10 days for $10. So okay. it's cheap, right? Um, that's enough time because what happens is we try to get them to try out all the classes. So um, we don't have a sales team. Our gym is too small for that. Mm -hmm. So, and it also takes out the middleman, right? So the trainer gets assigned to the new prospect. Their goal is to schedule them out for those 10 days because that kind of sets you up, right? You think about the people who aren't really committed. Your best bet is to set them up for success by scheduling their classes for them, setting up their personal training session, and they also have a strategy session. So the strategy session has to come first because it understands the, they can understand the philosophy, they can understand the classes, they can understand what they are and are not capable of. So through that 10 days, it's about, okay, where are you at? Let's assess that. Let's do a personal training session. Let's get you signed up for classes that are within your range currently. And then let's just check on you. And then hopefully they just fall in love with it. And then that's how it all goes. Gotcha. So I love that you have this process where you're trying to get people in front of a trainer, a strategy session, you know, different people will call it, you know, fitness assessment. Everybody in, you know, in their gym has their own phrase for it, but it's always with the service intention where, you know, somebody comes in and works out on their own, they may or may not get whatever results, whatever outcome they were looking for. But if they get in front of a trainer, they might get some direction. They may not even work with the trainer, but they may get some direction. And if they do work with the trainer, they're more than likely going to get to their goals faster, more efficiently, and ultimately have those results that they were looking for. So I love that you try to incorporate that into your process the thing that we see the, the biggest, the biggest struggle with people in the industry is getting people to show up for that. You know, it's probably, I think the last industry data, the last report that came out that I think was credible anyway, because uh, there's a lot of fluff out there is probably 15 to 18% of people will take advantage of that. And we can say it's free and we're going to give you all this stuff and maybe give you some swag or whatever it is, but it usually has a really low show rate. Is that something you've struggled with? And if so, how have you, how have you addressed it? And, and are you still working on it? What does that look like for you? 
So we had a big issue in the past where it was super strict. Like you had, you had to do the strategy session. You had to do this. You had to do that. And I think it depends on person. I hate to say that it depends on personality, right? Like you're going to have some people who have that boss personality where it's like, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. For those people, I think it's best to just like, here are your options, you know, this or that. Um, and that kind of doesn't really allow them to do a third where it's like, just no. So if you give them the this or that, like, okay, well, I can get you going on some classes or PT session. And then the other personality is kind of like, I have no clue what to do. And that's just a little bit easier. So I think it depends on the personality. If it's a person who's like, I just want to come in do my own thing. I would rather them just sign up and take it as it is. If it's a person who is, has no clue what they want to do, give them this or that shut down the sale. Right. Um, because they only have a couple options and it's a this or that sale for you where you're still going to be able to close it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's in either or is better than a, hey, do you want this? And you you might end up with a lot more no's. So that aspect of it, for sure. Like if you go too hard line on it and I've, I've spoken to some people, they're like, we require it's 100%, you can't come into the gym and work out. Like you don't get your key fob until you do that. I'm like, all right, well, I can see where that, if you're in a position where you can turn people down that don't want to do it, then that's yeah. great. But most facilities are not in that position. So yeah, I think it also, it's also, it's so, so situational. So it's good mm -hmm. that you're aware of it and know that maybe that's a way that you could go at some point, but right now you're trying to get, be as inclusive as you can, get people in your ecosystem and then have more at bats, have more opportunities to serve them more then if you just say, hey, it's all or nothing. Correct. And I think with smaller gyms too, you know, we have a check-in desk. So we don't have a ton of people just swinging through the door really fast. Mm -hmm. So you have the chance to have a personal interaction every time they check in, right? So whether they didn't want to be interactive when you first started, it still happens every time they check in, every time they're the person in the gym. So you slowly grab them over time. It doesn't have to happen right then, but they are still a member, right? And so they might engage later or down the line. So you stick what you can get. Absolutely. So from there, once somebody is, is enrolled, if let's say the, the most common in a facility like yours generally, is it the most is it just the all access kind of self-service? Is that your biggest membership? Um, because you have, you have some people to do personal training, some people to do classes, like mm -hmm. do the majority start out at least with just kind of the, the all access and then go from there? Recently, yes. Um, mm -hmm. When I say recently, I mean like the past three months, yes. Before, no, most came in and they actually went with the 10 day process, like truly going through Where's the help? Because you have to remember our clientele is, you know, that late 50s and mid 60s. So somewhere in there, they're either restarting or they've never done it because we don't have machines. So not too many people really know how to optimize, I would say, the space. So they need that help. Um, so that's how most of that works. So most of our clientele would probably be, I would say, um, class-based maybe mm -hmm. truly and then so I would say probably like 60% of that's class-based and then probably 20% on their own and then 20% training okay so that's a, a pretty kind of you know um 
more even mix than we see a lot of times in, in that type of facility where you get, you know, very often 80%, 90% are just doing the self-service, you know, working out on their own, coming whenever and not working in any type of coaching like group or individual or semi-private, whatever it is. So it sounds like you do have a, a good mix there. So once people are in, let's say the people that don't sign up for something extra right off the bat, mm -hmm. is there a process? Are there structured touch points where you check in with people, uh, where you try to say, hey, you know, you didn't take advantage of your personal training session when you came in or your assessment? Um, are, there, are there touch points like that? Or does it just really happen organically just by seeing the people over and over? Um, it really happens organically. Um, we just get to cross paths with people a lot. We're really fortunate. Although, you know, as we're talking, I'm thinking that's such a great point, but it could totally happen organically with us because people are usually in there a few people at a time. So it's easier to just approach or just talk by, have conversations type deal. So that's usually what happens, but it's not a bad idea at all. I love that actually to do a touch base kind of deal. So, yeah. All right. So the next thing would be, um, I kind of group these all together. Uh, and if I, if I give you too much at once, just throttle me back here. But the next stage that we see where, where a lot of gyms can, can be more successful, can grow, that, that's sort of untapped still in the four walls of the gym are additional services, nutrition coaching, supplement sales, additional online training. Are you all involved in any of those things? Yeah. So when we first opened, the concept was to kind of build a team outside the walls too, like you said, for nutrition, because although we know like basic habits, things like that, we wanted to have a registered dietitian, not just a nutritionist, but someone who could help people with whatever gut issues they're having, whatever hormonal relations they're having like that's beyond our skill for being honest right yeah so we chose a few options as to who we wanted to outsource to and that was essentially like our preferred partner quote unquote so we had that and we also had a massage therapist that we had a couple actually that we would you know refer to and then same for chiropractic so we built a team for that obviously if it's something you could you know take care of yourself on on site we did but we mostly just referred out and it didn't cost us anything and the other business won and they would sometimes send us clients as well. So it was more of like a you scratch your back, I scratch yours without having to put extra people on payroll. So it was a win-win and we don't have the space because it's 6,000 square feet. So where we would put those people wouldn't work. So it was just easier to say, hey, this is our preferred partner. We love them. They love us. Boom. Got it. Got it. So you have it sounds like to a certain degree, crack the code in that you're getting some reciprocity from that too. It's, it's one of those tough things. And I don't ever espouse helping people with your handout, trying to get something back, but it happens so often that someone will say, well, I refer out to a nutritionist. And then the question is, you know, well, do they send anything back to you? are they actually respecting her? I send people to the supplement shop down the street and it's like, wow, I send people 10, 10 a month and, and they don't send me anything. And it's like, well, they, they have people coming in there that are working out. Like, where is this relationship working? And I think a lot of that is just in the, 
in the ask and setting it up originally, because I think what a lot of gym owners will do is they'll have a supplement shop that they like, and they might not even tell them that they're sending people to be like, Oh, just, just tell them, you know, tell them Dom sent you. And then they're like, all right, cool. And then, you know, yeah. maybe they don't know if you want referrals, maybe they don't know who, and it's easy to think like, Oh, everybody wants referrals, but it's, it's not always that way. We, we make a lot of assumptions and, um, there, there seems to be at least have been a plan in place. So as you make these relationships, you have these preferred partners that you at least know what's going on there. So I like that you're aware of it. Um, I don't know if you, if this was included in your answer or not, but I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over it. The, the nutrition, the proteins, the shakes, the supplement side mm -hmm. of things do you all get into that at all or do you have another partner who you refer for that to so as far as like i guess if we had to say food and beverages go we buy just like shakes and things like that to buy offhand but we actually do have for supplements um have you heard of true labs yeah yeah yep so one of our guys who used to work for us he was a part owner so we brought and i actually love true labs now we brought them in and we would just sell their supplements as far as um, pre-workouts and recoveries and hydrates and all that. So that is who we actually used for our, um, and they're local to us. So they're really, really close to our gym. So we just oh, put their stuff in. Yeah. And we're all, kind of all about supporting other small businesses. Obviously that will help with inside the gym around us. So, if that so, answers that, so you, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have, another partnership there so that you don't have you don't have to fully manage it put a ton of time and effort into like getting a supplement line that you can white label or develop but mm -hmm. you have something that you can offer because your clients just statistically we know you know supplements are twice as big an industry of fitness a certain amount of people are going to buy it anyway so if you have yeah. something that you like that you know there's hopefully some profit in and there's a relationship that you can have there yeah, you got to offer it. if someone's going to buy it anyway, like if you say that you want to serve people, then it's in everybody's best interest that you have something that you can recommend. And also it helps the business, right? The more the business grows, the more people you can help. And that virtuous cycle continues on. So that's, yeah. it's cool that again, you have these bases covered. There aren't a lot of things where you're like, oh boy, like they're the, just leaving that on the table there. So um, you've been with the gym since the get-go, since it opened, you've seen, you know, some things, people come and go, the growth of the gym, the pandemic, there's been a lot of things that have happened in a short period of time, uh, but you're there and you're in that position because you have to have some sort of shared vision with the ownership, with, you know, leadership of the, the business. So what, what does the big picture, what does the future look like? Is it growth and expansion in this facility? Is it maybe opening up another facility or a larger, like what's the long-term goal? I think the long-term goal, true long-term goal, if we had to say like maybe eight to 10 years from now, possibly open up another gym, obviously it all depends on the economy because that affects a lot if that's a great idea, but um, it's probably open up another one and probably ideal franchise it. But for now it's to fill up our population and grow. Um, and truly get our message across where people understand it so that when we do open up, we're known for our why, which would be, 
you know, yes, inside these four walls, people want to lose weight, whatever, but it's really about doing inside what's inside the four walls. So you can go do life, like what you truly want to do outside the four walls. Right. Um, and so that I think is what we're looking forward to most is truly get people to get the message that we're on. It's not just weight loss. It's not just, um, aesthetics. It's so much more, which I mean, I've been preaching to the choir, but yeah. Yeah, but, but no, it's, it's good to hear it and know what the vision is, because if you don't have that, if you can't show up every day, knowing why you're there, like in our industry, just punching a clock for a paycheck doesn't work. It's not, you know, we have some of the best and brightest and most motivated people who, who perhaps some people are doing very well financially. Some people don't care. Some people could, you know, have left higher paying jobs because they get more fulfillment there's always the, what ties in is like, I see the vision and maybe I don't think about it every day, but every time I think about it, I go, all right, that's why I get up at four o'clock in the morning, or that's why I might put in a 14 hour day. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to hear that. So we are getting close to the end of the time we have here. So I have two, two more questions for you before we let you go. One, um, you got, you had the opportunity demonstrated just through your, your work ethic, your experience there in the facility to move into a management role. So for other people who may be listening to this and wanna make that jump, wanna go from a trainer to a manager to potentially an owner or partner at some point, if there was one piece of advice that you could give along that route that you think something you've done that served you the most or something that you could share, what would that be? I think submerge yourself as much as possible into your everyday. Meaning like, doesn't mean you have to have 12 hours a day doing your work, but when you're coaching, when you get to interact with people, like be completely present. Um, because I, I feel like that's what helped me most. Like truly with every client, every interaction, it was like, I'm there, I'm there hundred percent. Um, because one, I got to grow into myself, but also it helped me grow with clients and understanding how to build community how I wanted operations to work because I had to start like literally just with front desk. I know this probably sounds like some like weird um, rescue story, but I started literally just doing front desk um, and I learned all the operations. Like I had to do the night shift, the open shift, the midday shift. And so by default, I learned all the operations, learning the system, but then I had to teach classes, still do personal training. So because I submerged myself so much, I was kind of prepared even though I didn't know that this was coming. So I would just say submerge yourself. Like if you're doing something like fully do it and that will take you a long way. Perfect. Yeah. Learn, learn all of the positions, all the responsibilities of something that you want to do before it's your responsibility. That way, if you get the opportunity, you're not like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be a difference of doing it but at least if you can prepare for it, I like that mindset. So last thing here, before we let you go, uh, if people want to find out more about, about Adriatica and what you're doing there, give us the websites, give us social media. And then if you maintain a separate presence as a trainer, as whatever you, you want to share, let's share that with the audience too, if, if you like. Okay. So you can find us at adrioticafitness.com. Um, and then our Instagram page is Adriatica Fitness, uh, kind of easy to find. Um, and then me as a trainer, it's Kenya, like the country underscore J13. Um, 
and that's pretty much it. We're kind of easy to find. If you can find Adriatica Fitness, you can find it anywhere on the um, web. We're in McKinney, Texas, so it should be easy to find. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. It's been a pleasure having you. Cool. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you too. Thank you for spending some time with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, you know what to do. Smash the subscribe button. We'll get you notification of all new episodes. If you want to be on the show, talk about your journey, where you are as an entrepreneur or manager or fit pro, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will be in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Mike Gaffney. Mike, how's it going, man? Good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming out. So we will kind of get right into this. So what is the name of the facility? Um, where are you located and what is your position there? Yeah, uh, I am the general manager and we are in uh, beautiful Portland, Oregon on the West Coast. And uh, we have two facilities. They're primarily private tennis clubs, but we also have fitness and aquatics. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one in Beaverton, Oregon, which is a suburb of Portland, is West Hills Racket and Fitness Club. And then another suburb of Portland, Lake Oswego area. And that club is Mountain Park Racket and Fitness Club. Okay. All right. Got it. And are you the general manager of both locations or just one? Uh, I am. Yeah, I have the uh, okay. <laughs> tough uh, challenge of uh, GM at both clubs. So I, obviously I spread myself pretty thin, but really they're only about nine miles apart. So it's not okay. that old, but, and I, and obviously I have a good team. So. Okay. Well, that that's awesome. So yeah, you are. So managing both locations. So I'm curious. So what, um, what led you here? Like, what is your background as far as, you know, being in the tennis industry or the fitness industry? Um, how far back does that go? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, I did my undergraduate in economics and then I did my graduate degree in uh, athletic administration. And when I was in high school and college, I worked at a athletic club in the Seattle area. So that's really where I got inspired to do this and continue. Then after college, um, I worked at, in various capacities at uh, athletic clubs and in the sports industry, uh, really, and have worked in the sports industry slash um, gym industry uh, for probably about 30 years. 
Okay. And, um, and, and just kind of work my way up the ladder. Um, I really appreciated that because I got experience in all departments. Absolutely. But um, have been uh, general manager at various clubs and it tended to be a lot of tennis clubs, private tennis clubs. Uh -huh. uh, I didn't necessarily have a tennis um, background. I actually played uh, volleyball in college, but uh, have, have always appreciated the high level service that tennis clubs um, uh, demand. And um, it, it just kind of happened to be that way. And uh, as I mentioned, both of our clubs are tennis, private tennis clubs with fitness and aquatics. Mm -hmm. But prior to this, I was actually working at Nike. And okay, uh, okay. Clubs, uh, Nike headquarters are in Beaverton, Oregon, as everybody knows. And uh, it, it just kind of happened uh, accidentally, really. I knew the, the owners of, of these clubs and we've always had great associations and uh, the opportunity presented itself, great challenge, so I took it. Oh, that's awesome. And how long have you been um, a, a general manager at the locations? Yeah, um, I'm approaching about three years now. Okay, all right, awesome. So do you have anything to do with Nike still or is that, is that done? Um, always uh, once a Nike, always a Nike employee. Yeah. And so I still have some associations and, and we, we do a lot of collaborating with, uh, with Nike tennis, um, yeah. because of our locations. And obviously we have a lot of Nike employees that are members of our club. So mm -hmm. there's always that association and really the Beaverton, uh, club, West Hills racket fitness club is literally a mile away from the Nike campus. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that that would tie together somewhere with with the Nike and tennis because I know they're real big into tennis. So right. yeah, I figured that would that that would be some good experience for you to have. I mean, great connections for sure to have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm a little biased, but the Beaverton area, the Portland area is very sports minded individuals. Uh -huh. um, obviously, Nike is a running um, company and shoes and things like that. But yeah, the, they've translated into tennis. Um, and occupy that market very, very well. Awesome. Awesome. So as far as the, the clubs go, um, like how do you split your time between the two? Are you at one more than the other or do you try to, do you try to balance that out? Yeah, I try my best to kind of balance it, uh, my time out. Uh, really, I kind of go to whatever club needs me that day. Um, and then seasonally, too, our West Hills Club in Beaverton has an outdoor large pool area. So during the summer times, inevitably, I'm at that club a little bit more than our Lake Oswego Club. But I, tr I try to balance it out. And like all club owners and, and GMs, um, we spend a lot of time at our facilities and it's enjoyable. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, and we're open weekends like everybody else. So, uh, I, I do my best to try to balance, um, to be at both clubs, um, and work-life balance as well. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's challenging, but, uh, very rewarding. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious. So as far as, you know, getting, getting new members, and I know this is going to be kind of, uh, kind of a loaded question because I'm sure it applies different to, you know, to both aspects. So as far as, you know, a new member, let's say someone comes in and they want to play tennis. So are they, they're looking to join for the tennis club. Are they offered the gym right away or do you guys just steer them towards tennis or how does that work out exactly? Yeah. And, you know, because we've, our clubs have been around uh, our market for about 45 to 50 years for, so we're very established, very well known. And um, so we, we naturally will attract, um, you know, people that are interested in tennis or former uh, players. Uh, sometimes we get them from other clubs 
but uh, it's usually the tennis component of our clubs that draw the intention. Um, kind of pre-COVID, we invested a lot to remodel our gym spaces, mm -hmm. our fitness areas. And we, we have at each club probably around 10,000 to 15,000 square feet of fitness uh, equipment, both cardio, strength training, studio. Yeah, so we've been able to do that. And I think that's the appeal of, of our clubs. Not only are we focused on tennis and have great tennis facilities, but we also know the importance of the fitness side. Yeah. Um, so as a potential member, you can come to our club. And if you want it all inclusive, it would be a tennis membership. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a tennis player and just want the fitness aspect of our clubs and the aquatics, um, you can opt out of the tennis side and then you can uh, opt into or, or consider what we refer to as a, a health membership. It gives you everything at the clubs except for the indoor and outdoor tennis. And the okay. other unique aspect of our memberships that kind of differentiate us from, from other clubs in our area is that members that join at any one of those levels uh, have reciprocal membership at each club. So they have the added advantage of all those uh, additional indoor and outdoor tennis clubs and two completely remodeled fitness areas. Oh, that's awesome. So if so, someone joins at the West Hills Club, if that's their, um, is, which one has the outdoor pool? Uh, the West Hills Club. West Hills, okay. So, so basically, if someone joins at the, the Beaverton Club, then they can go to West Hills and use the outdoor pool. Yep. You know, all one. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a big advantage. Yeah, that reciprocal type membership has not always been. That's, that's recent, probably in the, in the last three years. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, you know, a, a marketing campaign and a strategy that we look closely at. And we're uniquely positioned to be able to do that because we have the two facilities that are really only nine miles apart. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, uh, it has been since we implemented it, a, a huge marketing uh, opportunity uh, for us. Uh, it's taken some long-term members to start utilizing both clubs because they're right. so their home facility, but yeah. it's, uh, it has turned out to be really uniquely uh, a huge benefit for us. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure that you, you, you guys have had the question like, well, what if I don't want to go to the other club? Do I still have to pay the same amount? Right. right. And the answer is yes, it's the same amount. So you're not really paying a upcharge right. uh, or a premium membership to have access to both clubs. We've just uh, decided three years ago that it, it was probably in our best interest and certainly the best interest of our, our members to yeah. be able to um, provide the opportunity for access to both clubs. I think, you know, our, our memberships, to give you a, a sense of the, the size of our clubs, our memberships, uh, we have about 1,300 memberships at each club. So we're kind of that boutique type of a club, um, certainly not the, the mega club or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. because of that, I think we're, we're able to offer both. Sometimes we, when you think about it, um, wow, access at both clubs, how do you control the usage of it? It kind of works out fairly well for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's one thing. So, so 1,300 at each club. Do you happen to have an idea of like what the split is between um, tennis memberships or a health membership? Yeah, um, our, our, our tennis to health, uh, tennis probably represents about 
maybe 75% of those uh, 1,300 memberships at each club. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's balanced pretty well. And obviously, people opt for, because we attract uh, largely tennis-focused uh, individuals and, and, uh, and families um, because of, of our facilities, um, you know, that's, that's going to be a natural thing. So we'll, we'll always be heavy on the tennis side, but it's been nice to, for us to be able to, and I've always enjoyed this, um, still being able to have the, the health membership because ultimately what happens and what we find not to a large degree, but people will come in in the health and just get turned on to the tennis. Yeah. Um, if, if, if nothing else, seeing the tennis courts and seeing the activities and the programs that we do, uh, around it and they'll they'll uh, eventually upgrade their membership to a tennis membership yeah yeah that that's pretty cool and i'm sure that it, you know now you have indoor courts um at both locations right Correct. so yeah i'm sure that it's uh it's pretty lively in there you know especially if someone's never been around tennis um you know just to see everything that's going on you know if they're like in the middle of a workout or something just i'm sure it's a different atmosphere yeah, it, you know, it really is. And that's what, uh, you know, again, it's the reason why I really appreciate uh, our ability to have the, the, the fitness or the health membership type, um, you know, through COVID as, as everybody uh, has experienced themselves. Um, it's been really challenging because that big component of the, of the social aspect, certainly around tennis, uh, has been hardly anything, really. Yeah. Um, haven't been able to do those large gatherings and those tennis tournaments or those tennis socials and things like that. So it's been desperately missed. And we're just now, for the state of Oregon, we're just now um, uh, getting into the, uh, the, the time and the ability to allow those kinds of gatherings. In the state of Oregon, currently, there still is a indoor mask mandate by our, uh, our state. And so we're, we're, I think we're doing the best we can with that. It's it's still challenging as everybody probably has experienced uh, right. the last year and a half. Um, you know, wearing the mask when you're working out high intensity is difficult to do. Indoor, indoor tennis, we've had to, um, we're, we're not now, we're fortunate. In the state of Oregon, what they've, there's a, they preface it by, if you're involved in competition, you don't have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So for our indoor tennis players, they don't have to wear a mask, which has been really nice. Uh, earlier on, they, they had to, and people just did not enjoy it. And so it was yeah. a huge challenge for us. Yeah, it seems like it would be tough. I mean, I, I've played a few, a few games of tennis, like nothing, nothing to brag about or write home about, but I couldn't imagine trying to do that in a mask. Yeah, it's it's it was really difficult, and you know I'll, I'll tell you what really kind of saved us is during that time we were very lenient on members putting their membership on hold mm-hmm. or maybe canceling uh, during that time for all good reasons, right? They all have their oh, own yeah. reasons, and, and they kind of wanted to wait until the the restrictions eased mm-hmm. and they could come back and play and feel normal about playing and and uh, high intensity activities and those things. So it, it really helped us during the, the, the pandemic period um, because those people now that we're finding are, are coming back and yeah. coming back with a really good attitude and they're excited to be back. And so those are the kinds of things that we've been experiencing. And our summer, this last summer in the Portland area, we've, we had historically uh, warm days. And w- I mean, we had three, three and a half months of no measurable rain at all. And I think everybody- wow. 
in the in the country perceives the Pacific Northwest <laughs> as the rainy area. And what we I did, yeah. Are. So we had a great summer. So our outdoor courts were used, our outdoor activities were heavily used. And and currently we are both clubs actually are um, almost at max capacity, um, mm -hmm. which is really nice. We have not been to that point in several years. Um, and we spent minimal marketing dollars to get back to that point. But I, I think it just speaks to maybe the pent up demand yeah. that uh, the market has for all types of gyms and, and clubs. Um, and, you know, people just want to get back into uh, normal activity and, and maybe they've been, um, you know, cooped up and, and just wanting to get back to physical activity. So it certainly has, has helped us a lot. And yeah. we're very grateful and fortunate to be in that position and um we, we we hope we can sustain it yeah yeah for sure and i think that's that's a good point you made like the you know people you know being pent up for so long and then wanting to come back so that is one thing we've saw in the industry you know we always knew there would be a rebound effect mm -hmm. you know i mean everybody has to stay at home and then i mean when you're allowed to go you have this huge surge but the biggest question you know for all this was you know how long can people hold off you know, how long can they make it until that rebound, you know, comes back? Right. And unfortunately, we saw like 35% of, you know, just gyms, health clubs in the industry have shut down over the last year. Right. So that, that was the thing. It's like, you know, you had the initial lockdowns. And I think the first wave of people that came back, people thought that was the rebound, but that actually wasn't. Right. You know, people started to kind of scale back again, and then numbers dipped you know, as, especially as the Delta variant came through. Right. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. I mean, that's great that you guys are, are almost back to capacity right now. Yeah, no, it's, it feels really good um, that, you know, I will say that we're back to capacity from a membership number standpoint, but we have noticed that club usage uh, has changed a little bit. People aren't coming in as often or you know if they pre-covid if they were coming in five days a week maybe they've altered that a little bit to maybe three days a week mm -hmm. um it, it's been really really interesting i've never gone through you know this kind of a situation before and it's hard to sometimes explain but yeah. i just think it's it's for at least for us it's a gradual return to you know indoor activities and, and especially for the state of oregon and i don't know if everybody understands this or not but but from an industry, fitness industry standpoint, the state of Oregon had some of the roughest mandates and requirements than any yes. other state. We were shut down. Gyms were shut down um, three times during this, uh, the, the last uh, year and a half for prolonged periods of time, uh, you know, two weeks to a month. And you could only imagine that how that would devastate a business what do you tell members how do you explain you you don't know what the next mandate is going to be so we've really had to pivot and shift our business operations and be really flexible towards a lot of things and and so many unknowns was the the big challenge for us in the state of oregon yeah but um i think those those of us clubs that mitigated that really well and were very informative and kept the communication not only to our staff but our members um it really has paid off and i i really appreciated the networking that i participated in during that period of time with other clubs and industry leaders mm -hmm. uh, because it was really invaluable that um that kind of network 
networking was available because prior i can tell you i've been in the industry for for 30 some years that was not that has not always been the case so it's true um, what you guys are doing what the industry is doing and the, the networking opportunities is is really valuable and appreciated certainly by me yeah uh, because i'm learning from others and um it has i i think put us in a position where we're at right now as soon as the state of oregon um uh takes away the the mask mandate for indoor activities will be back to you know normal i guess mm -hmm. uh, and we're hopeful that that will happen in the next month or two um and you know as long as we can sustain our high membership uh rates right now um we'll be good to go yeah that's awesome so i'm curious on the the gym part of it so what um like what services do you guys offer there do you have um personal training or group classes anything like that going on there we do we have about um uh, four uh full-time personal trainers that work at both clubs so they they right. have that advantage and then we have uh fitness studios at each of the clubs um so we run a uh pretty basic um group x class schedule throughout yeah. the week yeah. And that's part of the the membership. So they're not paying an upcharge or, or an additional fee for anything like that. Mm -hmm. Our personal trainers um, really enjoy the boutique type of, of uh, environment that we do have. We, we've created in our, in our remodeling of uh, our gym space and our cardio areas, we created some really unique good spaces for our personal trainers. So we were able to not only uh, continue that service for our members, but really create and attract quality uh, trainers uh, to our clubs. Because a lot of times you'll see them at mega clubs, right? right. But not so much uh, at the smaller end clubs. So we were really mindful of creating some good spaces so trainers could really do their job at a high level and feel like they were supported and have the equipment. Um, and then their clients really appreciate uh currently appreciate the the fact that they we, we have been mindful and 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 want to uh encourage that kind of service oh yeah i love that yeah and that that's one thing that that's a good point you make there because a, a lot of times that like the trainers feel they feel undervalued and especially if they don't have you know the the tools that they need to to do their job correctly that's usually where you see like a big turnover and you know historically in the industry it is a big you know turnover ratio for the job anyways yeah it is it, yeah no it it really is and all of our group x um uh team members and our personal trainers are all employees so they're not contracted or anything like that and we've made that investment because of what, what you're saying is that we would really want them to feel uh part of the team valued um i think we're comparable in our compensation package but uh being an employee I, I think has benefited making them an employee has really benefited uh our organization yeah yeah absolutely so i'm curious what uh what do you guys do like to get to give them opportunities um you know to get new clients like how do you get people in front of your trainers right um a lot of our trainers um and we have fitness trainers as well, as well. so mm -hmm. um what we offer all new members is a 30 minute complimentary um, uh, session with a, a fitness trainer or, or one of our personal trainers. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, our trainers are paid for that uh, time, um, but it gives them an opportunity to get in front of a new member and to introduce themselves. We also encourage and provide opportunities for our, our personal trainers, and our fitness staff 
to do um, uh, seminars and clinics that yeah, yeah. Uh, focus on their specialty, their interest, and it's usually free to the members, but um, they do that on a monthly basis. I think it just adds to our programming and our services. Um, and, and they really appreciate that because they can focus on their interests and their specialty and have a captive audience of anywhere from 10 to 15 members yeah. that come for a 45 minute session or a clinic. Um, and we, we do that quite often and, and we'll do things like, you know, for the obvious tennis elbow, um, yeah. you know, things like that. How do, how do I, uh, improve my, my performance on the court by doing things off the court. So uh, we do those kinds of things. And, and many of our, our trainers um, uh, acquire clients, long-term clients from those kinds of opportunities and forums. Yeah, that's pretty. And, and the good thing about it too, is it, um, you know, reaffirms their expert status, right? So, right. you know, and people, and they see that they're always teaching, you know, people are always learning. So yeah, you're right. It, it just creates more value you know, for the company, but also for them personally as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we've, we've really appreciated what our trainers do for our clubs and um, not a lot of tennis clubs will focus on that side of it, but we, yeah. we feel really important. We're also family oriented. So we've got kids and, uh, and a lot of these trainers uh, have, have youth coaching backgrounds. So they're able to continue to do that. That's their passion. That's, uh, that's what they enjoy. And uh, we've got junior tennis programs at both of our clubs that are really high level. A lot of our kids go on to play collegiately, um, but they've uh, connected with uh, our trainers in uh, individual and group sessions that have really uh, added to the value. And, and I just, I really think that for a trainer that's really passionate about what he or she does, to be able to do those kinds of aspects and be, be a part of our club in, in, in that way, um, really um, create some some energy and excitement from a professional standpoint for them because they can add that to their resume. It kind of breaks up a, a normal personal training day for clients right. when they get in front of a small group of kids and and enjoy that and inspire those kids too. So it's it's been really uh, uniquely uh, valuable for us. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, like um, with with the free session thing that people come in on. And we see this, it works different throughout the industry. Some people do it, you know, one way, some people do it the other. But I think the most common problem is you have people that schedule these, but they don't show up. So what, have, what kind of, uh, what experience have you guys had with that? Yeah, and that certainly happens to us. Um, yeah. You know, and, and not, not every new member wants that and takes advantage of it. But th those that do what, what we try to do after we schedule it, we'll send out a reminder um, or we confirm the, the appointment uh, via email or a text to that new member. And then uh, maybe a day before, 24 hours before their scheduled time, we'll send out another email and or text just reminding them of it. And we, we've had pretty good success um, and we really highlight that uh, appointment. We, we don't just refer to it as, well, it's, you know, a complimentary 30 minutes with one of our trainers. We really yeah. highlight it and, and build it up, right? That um, you're, you're not only going to meet with one of our professionals, club professionals, but we're also here to answer any questions that you might have, at, you know, and, and sometimes these appointments are scheduled anywhere from a week to two weeks after they join. So right. by that time, I think everybody that's new to a facility has some questions. So we really want to make sure that we're that uh, those new members understand that we're here to answer those questions. And that's part of that 
that meeting, uh, but also to re really drill down and see what your in wh where your interests are, where what your goals are, and so we do all of that to really make sure that um, you know those appointments are held, and um, so far so good. Good, good. Well, Mike, we are getting towards the end of our podcast, so uh, one thing I always like to ask people at the end is if uh, let's say in a year from now. Uh, what does growth look like for you guys? Well, I, I think for, for us, just sustaining our membership levels. Um, for a tennis club, that's, that's really important. Um, and as everybody on, on this podcast understands, you know, that drives the revenue. It's our, our membership yeah. do represents about 75% of our annual revenue. So it's really important for us to be able to maintain that. Um, through COVID has created some, some challenges for everybody, but also through COVID, we learned a lot about what where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are. We were able to uh, take advantage of maybe shifting some staff members, uh, recruiting some higher level staff members, uh, looking at our operational costs. We've done all of those kinds of things to, I think, strengthen our business. We've pivoted a little, uh, a little bit. We've changed some of our operational um, structures a little bit during COVID. Um, and I think we've come out better and stronger and we understand things a little bit better uh, than we did before, admittedly. Um, because I think we, we, we just thought that this downtime has to be a positive thing in some way. Sure. Yeah. And it wasn't because, you know, we, as with any club, we, we lost members, we lost key employees. We had to do some things that we normally wouldn't do. Uh, but we learned from it, uh, and we're better from it. So in a year from now, if, if we look back and, and we're able to sustain this membership level, um, from where it is right now and bringing back some of that social uh, aspects to our club and, and events and things like that, we'll probably chalk it up to feeling really good about our efforts. Okay. Awesome, Mike. Well, again, thank you for being on the podcast today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and got some value out of this. I know that our audience will for sure. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the link in the description um and click the subscribe button if you want to hear more of this if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast click the link in the description apply to be a guest until next time gym lords out thank you for listening to the podcast so far don't go anywhere we still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors the Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area.
I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Warrior Fitness and Wellness in Ellicottville, New York, Mr. Brad Poole. How are you doing today? I am good, Dominic. How are you doing, man? I am excellent. Happy to have you on. Let's jump into this thing. Tell us all about Warrior Fitness and Wellness. Yeah, so when I uh, opened Warrior Fitness and Wellness almost a year ago now, in the middle of this pandemic, um, I wanted to do something that was going to attract people from attract a variety of interests from different people who, uh, so something for everybody. And, uh, so I got memberships that I offer and I also offer personal training classes. And, uh, when I, when I was looking at this space, uh, before I leased it, there was a bunch of office space up front and I was trying to think of what could I do with this office space up front. So I kind of decided to add a wellness component to it. And so I, I brought in a chiropractor as well and a massage therapist. Okay. So you, you went into this thing looking at it from a fitness angle, but realized you're in a small town. There's an opportunity to be a complete solution, holistic health, health and wellness, however you would describe it. And this spot really fit the bill and the time was right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a bigger location in total. It's about 6,000 square feet. And uh, we don't have anything in my town or even surrounding towns like this. So it's, it's a one-stop shop. And uh, I just thought it would be a great opportunity to take advantage of that. Why not just make, why not just, not just a gym, but have like, you know, a massage therapist, a chiropractor, uh, trying to get a couple of other different wellness things in here, acupuncture or something like that. But uh, I just felt like it would be a great, great thing for this town and surrounding towns to uh come and check out absolutely and as a gym owner you know it's one of those things where we often will find ourselves referring people hey you know you you need body maintenance you should get a massage or maybe a chiropractor is better than rolling around on that lacrosse ball for three hours a day (laughs) you know but it's if you don't have a convenience factor or somebody that's right there it's easy for people to kind of just blow it off you have yoga in-house so there's really a lot of um you know there's everything is is feeding into each other and there's a lot of opportunity to actually hand somebody off to a professional rather than just make a a general yep. suggestion. So I definitely can appreciate that approach. I mean, I think a lot of us would love to have that. And, and it's awesome that you were able to find the spot that could support all of it. So before we get too much deeper into that, give me a little bit of background on you, how long you've been involved in, in health and wellness and fitness, what your, what your kind of backstory is and what led you up to that? Yeah. So growing up, I've always been involved with physical activity, sports, things of that nature. I've actually had to be involved in uh, that type of stuff because I don't know if you ever heard of cystic fibrosis. Yep. So I have CF and uh, growing up, the doctors encouraged my parents to get into sports and and be active and because it helps with the lung function, helps the lungs stay as healthy as possible. And uh, so I knew before I even got into this as a kid that I wanted to do something career-wise with sports, but I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do, something sports-related. But uh, I had my moments where uh, my late teens, early 20s, where I was getting off the wrong track, 
I went to I went to college right after high school, but I dropped out for a semester. Partying was my number one priority, and uh, my health started slipping pretty drastically. wasn't taking care of myself. wasn't doing my breathing treatments. I kept getting hospitalized, and uh, between 17 and 23, I was just drinking all the time, six days a week, five to six days a week, and that's when my health really started slipping. And uh, I knew if I kept going down that path that I wouldn't make in another five years. And so I was at 23 years old when I went back to school. I went back to school for sports management. Uh, still at that time, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, uh, something with sports. And then uh, it wasn't until after I graduated from my sports management degree, I went for my master's in sports administration. And I interned at, a, it's called St. Bonaventure University. Not sure if you heard of it or not, but I interned yeah. there with, yep, with their uh, strength and conditioning coach. So I got to work with all the athletes and uh, I interned for uh, just about six months. And then I kind of volunteered after that for some time. But that's when I really figured out, like, this is the type of profession I'd like to get into. Maybe uh, a strength and conditioning coach, working with athletes or just working with the general population being able to own my own gym someday. Then uh, I went back to school again for another degree in exercise science. Wow. Just so I could further my knowledge in this field. And uh, after that, I started working out of a gym, a local gym in my town, which is no longer here, but I started working as a personal trainer and a class instructor. And then from there, I was there almost two years. And uh, I went off on my own as an independent contractor. I was working out of a different facility in this town where I was just doing personal training, teaching classes. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, during the pandemic, I was doing all virtual stuff, training my clients virtually, and then teaching classes virtually. And it was during that time when uh, I decided, you know, why not give it a shot, go for it and just see what happens. So I started looking for, you know, businesses or different uh, spaces that I could potentially make my, uh, make my facility. And then I found this one, but uh, back to the whole CF thing. That's why I kind of, cause CF, I have to do breathing treatments every day and things like that. And I have to take 50 plus pills daily in order to maintain my health. The life expectancy today is only 40 years of age and I'm 34 right now. And, uh, there's no right time to, uh, you know, do something. So I figured why not just go for it? I'm a go big or go home type of guy. And uh, I've seen what exercise has done for my health. And I wanted to be able to help others uh, to get healthy as well and be the best versions of themselves. So I'm just glad to be where I'm at right now, helping people, having my own space, and uh, that's just a little background on like where I was to where I am now. Yeah, man, that's that's an amazing story. And I think that we just I, we sometimes assume, I think, on this side of things, you know, we talk to a lot of gym owners and, and even just regular conversations off the podcast. So we, it don't, if it's always, you know, if somebody had a fitness transformation or, you know, there was some other thing that, it, you know, very rarely is somebody with, you know, a, a more serious condition that we hear about that's really served as the inspiration for that. So 
you know, for you to, for you to be doing this. And uh, obviously it's a good reminder to take care of yourself and correct that, that hopefully will, uh, will push you far past that 40 year old uh, threshold of expectancy. And I, I know that there are a lot of conditions that, that people can have um, medically that require our own input, right? And if you don't take care right. of yourself, it, it makes it worse. So yep. uh, good for you realizing and, and getting back on the right track. So um, heck, heck of an inspiration for starting a business, I would say, right? You really, <laughs> you, you put yourself in a position where you're like, I don't have any choice. I, I need to help other people because mm-hmm. this is something that's important to me. So pandemic, Heck, seems like a good time to open a gym, you know, <laughs> might as might as well go for it. So what were your, what were your goals as far as what you thought it could be as a business when you decided to open it? Um, was it, you know, Hey, I think I can collect rent from these other professionals that have <clears throat> my clients and I can have 500 clients or 200 or this type of personal training what was your big picture of what you thought this place could turn into so to be honest in the start never really actually had any any goals but uh i knew so i leased this whole entire space which is fairly pricey so i knew that if i could get a massage therapist in here a chiropractor some other wellness related components that it could help so they're subleasers so they lease for me so that would help kind of go towards covering part of the rent. And then if I could just get, <clears throat> so I had a pretty good following from classes and personal training. So get them people to continue on with me and then attract more people in here. I didn't really have a number set as to how many people I would, I would like, but uh, I just knew that any help I could get from the chiropractor, massage therapist, any other wellness related component, and then just getting the people that I already have, plus adding more people onto that, that uh, I would I would be just fine, and that I would be able to make this a uh, successful business. Absolutely. So you're what about a year, a little over a year into open. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just about a year. January fourth will be my one year mark. Well, happy early anniversary! And no, thank you. You're welcome. And it sounds like things are going in a positive direction for you. You have some tenants, you have chiropractor, you have massage therapist, um, still looking at other potential professionals that can come in with you. Client base has grown, you know, somewhere in that, you know, the range, depending on how you count it, of a couple hundred people. How does it feel and, and what's the position feel like that you're in now as opposed to, you know, a year ago? Yeah. So a year ago, I'm not going to lie, I was really nervous about getting out there and just going for it. I think anybody would be nervous, especially during the pandemic. People are scared. Oh, yeah. to go to the, people are scared to go to the gyms yet. You still got uh, moments where you could go into quarantine again. People, you had to worry about them shutting things down again. So it was definitely nerve wracking. But like I said earlier, uh, you know, with my life expectancy and things like that, I like to do as much as I possibly can and just go big or go home. And uh, so I kind of just, just went for it and it has paid off big time so far knock on wood and uh i couldn't be more happier and uh excited right now than uh from from when i first started almost a year ago to where i am now growing to 200 or so clients and uh the business continues to grow you got people reaching out to me daily for memberships classes personal training so uh, 
and there's still a lot of people who haven't, who haven't even heard about the business yet. So uh, I think it's only going to go up from here and I uh, just got to continue doing what I'm doing to uh, keep it growing. Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly where I wanted to hear more about is what have you been doing? What did you do? You had some initial clients from, from previous stops that you've had. Um, so I assume some of them, those people came with you, but what else have you done to grow the membership uh, to where it is? Yeah. So a lot of it's been on social media, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, doing their, so they got those ads that you can use. So promoting ads and things like that on there. Uh, I got rat cards that I use that I put out in different uh, businesses. We got a couple hotels around here that I put them out in business cards. So I got a bunch of business cards out there. I got a, a billboard up. I'm trying, I'm, I'm shooting to get at least three more up attracting people from different, uh, different ways of coming into Ellicottville. Word of mouth is a big one. Word of mouth, uh, attire, people wearing warrior shirts around and things like that. And uh, doing different uh, challenges here. So I, I, I've done a warrior games the two or three times now. So it's where you get teams together and uh, they have to complete different obstacles and whoever completes it the fastest wins. There's like 20 different obstacles. So doing just different challenges, fun things like that to attract people's attention and then promotions. Uh, we did a November challenge or December challenge. So just getting people involved, uh, getting prizes involved. People like to win prizes and uh, things of that nature. So and you've, you've definitely hit a lot of things in a short period of time. So not a surprise that you've had the, the growth that you have now. I know we discussed a little bit off the air, you know, Elkinville is a small town. Are there other surrounding towns when you talk about billboards and some of the advertisements you've done that you're able to draw from, or are you just limited to the, you know, 300 or so people that are, are right there with you? And then this, this seasonal, the tourists, those people. Yeah. So what was your question again? Uh, are, are there other places around you that you're able to draw from and uh, what do you think that the, the potential is for, for how many you could bring into your facility? Oh yeah. So there's uh, 32 towns in my County and we're all pretty tight. We're all pretty close and uh, could definitely draw people from around surrounding towns. And that's why I kind of want to get more billboards out in different areas of the, of the County. And uh yeah, just drawing people from there and uh, different billboards and just continue putting my uh, putting my name out there, my business name and all that good stuff. Yeah, the um, the areas that you have for training, not those uh, the professional offices that you have, it totals up to about 4,000 square feet, right? So yeah, that's correct. That's yep. Spread out between two, two areas. Are they similar size or is one one much bigger than the other. What's the, the layout in the... Yeah, so I got a yoga studio. And then uh, I'm not sure on the exact square footage of that. That's one of the smaller ones. But then if you go to the farther to the back, you got a big open space where I teach classes, personal training. If you have a membership, you can utilize that area as well. You keep going back to the far back. That's where we have all the gym equipment, all your free weights, your machines, and things like that. So... Between those three areas, it's about 4,000 square feet. 
Okay. So have you sat down and thought now with, now that you have the amount of people that you have and you see how utilization is, is there a max? I mean, you're in a big facility and it'd probably be hard to move everything you have separately. So do you, do you have a theoretical max, you know, you could handle 300, 400, 500 clients in there or, or have you ever sat down and, and looked at that yet? I actually haven't sat down and looked at that yet, but uh, I have sat down and early, at, so I don't blame you. Yeah, so I have uh, thought about, which I'm going to do is just uh, rearranging things in the facility to make it uh, make it more uh, bigger, I guess you could say. I'm going to take some doors off, open it up more. My yoga room is going to become my cardio room, so I'm going to have all my cardio equipment in there just so I can kind of separate things, cardio equipment, and then your big space is still going to be the same for classes, personal training. People have, have a membership they can utilize that. And then the far back room is just going to be all uh, strength equipment and things like that. Then I got a separate uh, space that's not being used yet in the way back off of the uh, where all my gym equipment is. That's where I'm going to put the yoga studio. And so just trying different things and uh, opening it up a little bit more and uh, listening to what my clients are suggesting and saying and just trying to keep them happy. So that's what I'm going to shoot for in, in the springtime. Gotcha. So you already have your eyes on accommodating as it grows, trying to, you know, when you first start, there's a, well, there's not a lot of people. So let's fill it up with stuff or we don't need yeah. it. Because then it'll feel empty, but now it's like, well, we don't want it to feel crowded. So let's right. keep an eye on that and arrange it the right way. So taking client feedback is huge there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your trainers. You have, um, you know, I think we totaled up to six people between a, a personal trainer besides yourself and then five instructors doing various things. Yeah. How, how have you found them? Have, have these been all internal hires, people who were clients or people who had come and sought you? Uh, you're in a small town. So how, yeah. how does that come about? So the person, my personal trainer that I got, he, uh, when I posted, when I, before I opened up, uh, I posted, I was going to be looking for a trainer. He actually reached out to me on Facebook and then we met up and I kind of interviewed him, got to know him and uh, learned about his credentials, things like that. So I brought him on board and then uh, my class instructors, uh, one of them is is and still is my personal training client. She's the yoga. She does the yoga. Uh, another one, I used to work with her out of the first gym I started working at, and uh, which was four or five years ago. And then the other two, I've known, I've I've already knew, I knew them already, and I knew that they were certified in uh in the classes that they teach. So I reached out to them and asked if they'd be willing to come on board and do some classes and they were all about it. So that's kind of how we took it from there. Awesome. So mostly all people that you already had some degree of familiarity with, some yeah. maybe with the exception of one, but, but somebody yep. you were able to vet out pretty easily and was clearly a good fit right from the get-go. Right. It was perfect. Perfect. So you have, you have yoga, you have massage therapy, you have classes, you have personal training, you have um, chiropractor. They're already offering a lot of things, but 
You know, it always seems like in this business, we're always driven to do more, to offer more value, to do other things. So are there any other things that you're doing or looking at doing like online training, nutrition coaching, supplement sales, any of those things on your radar? So I'm already doing uh, virtual classes. Okay. So I've been continuing that through the pandemic. So when the pandemic started, that's when I started doing virtual and I, I just kept it going because I got a lady. I got some people who still don't want to come to the gym yet, but they still want to work with me. So they just do everything virtually. And uh, especially I got a lady in Canada who, uh, she has a house here in Ellicottville. She comes down during the winter time, but she, uh, she's been taking my classes virtually since the pandemic started. So I already offer that. And then, uh, what else? Nutrition stuff. I haven't personally thought about getting certified in any of that, but I thought about bringing on a nutritionist. I actually tried finding one, but I just had no luck. But uh, I'm, I'm still looking and trying to get a nutritionist in here. I think that will just make things even better because one-stop shop, people are working out, they need help with their nutrition, they can just go right to the nutritionist. And uh, so as far as like in the future looking for things, that's uh, nutritionist would be my biggest one to bring on next. Yeah, in, in that vein of, of being that one-stop shop, are you doing anything as far as supplements, meals, um, anything like that for retail sales that, you know, especially in a, in a smaller area, in different areas where you can try to bring revenue, but with value to the clients? Right. Uh, nothing like that yet, but uh, there is this uh, place that's about 30 minutes away. It's called Go-To Meals. They, uh, they supply meals to different places, especially gyms. So that's on my radar of getting, uh, getting hooked up with them so we can get some meals in here. People can order meals and, uh, their healthier meals for them and, uh, that, and then, yeah, that's about it. Just, the, just, that'd be the next step too, is getting, uh, something like that in here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to do and you've only been open a year, so you can only, <laughs> there's only one of you. You can only do so much in, right. in, a, in a period of time, but always things that I like to talk about. Cause you know, as, as we say, you know, sometimes it's, there is that aspect of you already doing something like the virtual training, something that, you know, especially being in a, a transient town where somebody may come to you during ski season and get a few workouts in and they get to know you and they say, Hey, like, can I somehow be in contact with you when I go home to exactly. wherever? So you have, you have that option too. Um, so we are nearing the end of our time here, but I have a couple of other yeah. less, less uh, tactical and more, more um, strategic questions for you, I guess is the best way to go for it. So um, big picture, uh, if we were to revisit, let's say five years down the line, do you have a, a vision um, as far as what, what you want the facility to be? Is it just, is it as, you know, just being able to offer everything that you can in your facility? Do you think that another facility would be in the works? What, what would you say is the, if there's an ultimate goal of it? Yep. So I've already been thinking about that stuff. So nice. Yep. So with this facility itself, I would love to expand it, make it bigger. So add on to it. And uh, 
obviously a lot more equipment for people to use. Uh, I'd love to get like something like a basketball court or something like that in here. Uh, locker rooms. I have lockers, but not like the actual locker rooms that people can use. So locker rooms, maybe a sauna, something like that. And uh, I think that would be good enough for this space here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, down the road, within five years, I'd like to have another gym opened up. Uh, further north from here, so closer to Buffalo, but still in the South Towns area. And uh, maybe, yeah, so a couple gyms for sure. But I know you said you had like four gyms. Yeah. And, uh, it was pretty hectic. So, but yeah, I would definitely like to open up another gym as well within five years uh, at another location. So that's my, that's my uh, goals right now. Awesome. And now I'm going to flip it and go in, in reverse timeline. Okay. If, if there's anything that you've learned in your time with owning the gym, growing it, um, you know, being a business owner in general, if there's anything you could go back and tell yourself, you know, if there's any hints or any lesson that you've learned since, since you've been in this spot that you think would have helped you, you know, a year ago, or maybe before you even opened, is there anything that stands out? Uh, well, I, all I know is like being a business owner is tough. It's hard. It's challenging. It's a lot of work and, uh, you have to be a hundred percent invested into it or else, I mean, it's just going to fail. So you have to be, be willing to work hard, have a good work ethic. And, uh, you know, I've always had a good work ethic, good work ethic, worked hard my whole life. And, uh, you know, just not just with gym stuff, but my health health wise, which I think transferred over into why I'm such a hard worker and go getter now. And, uh, but as far as that, no, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Do you think that more than anything, what served you has been your passion for for taking care of yourself and showing other people how to do it, but right. backing it up with a strong work ethic, right? Because the passion alone isn't going to get you there. Passion alone isn't going to get you there. You have to have a good work ethic and uh, just be willing to uh, be a go-getter and get out, get out there and just do it and not, not giving up until you, uh, you know, accomplish it. Awesome, man. I think that that really uh, is so easy to overlook you know, everybody wants a secret sauce or a magic pill. And it's like, hey, if you don't love it, people are going to notice. And in this in this type of business where, you know, you're not a Planet Fitness with 10,000 members, right? When you're seeing a couple hundred people, people see you and they're going to know. So right, really make sure that you have that love and passion and then back it up with hard work. And, um, you know, if you if you do that, if you stick with it, Obviously, uh, nobody could predict uh, a pandemic, but generally speaking, those are going to be two big keys to success. So I appreciate the beauty and the simplicity of that. So we are just about out of time, sir. Last thing before we wrap up, if people are listening, they want to find you, they want to find the gym. What are your websites? What's your social media? So my social media on Facebook is just uh, at Warrior Fitness. 
you can just look, look up Warrior Fitness and Wellness, and it should pop right up on there. My Instagram is at Warrior Fitness EVL. So you can find me on there. My website, I don't really have like a professional website up yet. It's just uh, Google search Warrior Fitness and Wellness, and the website's right on that. Uh, that's how they can find me if they're not from around this area. But those are the big three big ones right there. Those are some good channels, man. And I appreciate <laughs> sharing those. So, um, and don't sell the website short. I was able to get some pretty good information off of there too. So, okay. That's all good. right. We are just about out of time here, sir. So I thank you once again for sharing part of your day with us. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks for uh, reaching out and doing this with me. You are very welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending part of your day with us. Thanks for giving us a little of your time. We hope you found value in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you as new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.